We're live tracking the Supreme Court's decision day as potentially millions of dollars. It's billions of dollars. A lot of money forgiven in student loans or not. I'm Pete the Planner. This is the Pete the Planner podcast. Damian Dunn joins me as always. Hello, Dame. Hello, Pete. Kristen is on at a concert. Is she still at the concert? Like, let's say that there was traffic. Where is she? Or the lines to the bathroom were really long, and she's yeah. just been stuck in a line the whole time. She's on Patio. Anyway, yeah. uh, if you're listening to the podcast uh, on Tuesday, 4th of July, well, happy Independence Day, and this doesn't feel like breaking news. But if you're watching live on the internets, this is breaking news, as Dame and I are, are following live whether or not the Supreme Court will overturn the Biden administration's forgiveness play of $10,000 of student loans per person or $20,000 if you happen to have a Pell Grant. Dame, this is the last moment this can happen. It is going to happen probably, what, in the next 15, 20 minutes we're going to learn? I would guess. I, usually the uh, the results, the opinions come out every couple minutes after 10 o'clock. It's just a matter of getting them pushed out and people getting them from the office uh, inside the Supreme Court to their uh, you know, distribution links. So we are waiting. Good day, Andy. Hello, Danza. Happy Fashion Camo Friday. That's right. I'm wearing Fashion Camo for those that only are using their ears today. Uh, Dame, so there's 0% chance this gets upheld, right? I'm not going to say 0% chance. I think it is low. I think it's probably less than a 10% chance, but I've seen some crazy stuff, it seems like. So we've got uh, we've got a hold on to uh to our breath a little bit while we're trying to figure out if it's going to get released they are starting to have the cases the opinions trickle out the first one that was released has nothing to do with student loans but it could be literally any second all right uh some wait someone just came out did we miss one there's an opinion that's out but it's not on student loans it has something to do with um a colorado website designer oh that one yes Mm -hmm. all right so uh dame Kristen is out this week. Uh, our fine state of Indiana has been overtaken, or it was overtaken this week, by the smoke of Ryan Reynolds, Poutine, and the rest of Canada. Uh, that was not a fun week. I, I, I have to. At first, I felt inconvenienced. Then I felt mad. I, I was very strange to be in the Midwest this week, as smoke was literally choking people. It was really depressing. I it was walking around, and normally summer is, albeit hot, very beautiful in, in the Midwest. You know, you bright blue skies and gentle breezes, and you know, whatever whatever you like about summer, usually pretty darn enjoyable. And this week was none of that. It was hot in in most times, and just you couldn't see, and everything was orange, and it was horrible. Oh man! So you're really seeing one of the cases came out so far, but the other one didn't. Like I'm, I'm doing live updates, and I'm not seeing the one that came out. How are you so better than me? Well, don't answer that. I'll I'll let uh, our valued listeners answer that for themselves. Here's what we're talking about on the show this week. Uh, And sorry, podcast, this is not compelling. Like I'm just gonna be honest. Like this moment in the show has not been compelling. This three minutes and forty one seconds. If you hadn't already skipped through it. (laughs) <laughs> I'm sorry, but the show's going to get better from here on out. We are going to do our first segment is going to be on. Oh, scotusblog.com. Jerry, you ruined it. That's where I'm at. Oh, well, come on, Dane. Why don't you tell me? I mean, I am trying to host the show. 
Yeah, I suppose that's right. For the good of the show. You're talking about why titles for financial advisors and designations for financial advisors create such chaos for yep. financial advising clients. So we're yes. going to talk about that. Um, okay. So strikes down for, oh, I'm just, I'm just sort of reading in real time. Anyway, that's <laughs> great, always, great. Let's just start radio. the show. Let's start, let's start the show. Uh, let's start with, uh, we're going to do the designation thing. We're going to actually end up talking about the student loan thing once it comes out. And then we're mm -hmm. going to do, uh, uh, our, our first six months in review of what our market predictions are. And the reason we're doing it because Kristen mm -hmm. is not here and I get the feeling that she's hammering us. And so I don't want her to feel good about her good performance. It's best for our egos. We are fragile men. You want to start with that? Uh oh, here it comes. Uh, I think TV news uh, just broke through. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Stand by. Stand by. Andy, you better not be teasing us. I, although we are now five minutes and nine seconds into a tease. <laughs> How in the world? Oh, it was the one you already had found. Never mind. Oh, Andy. oh Lord. Andy, you Producer are Andy. Andy, you are banned from the show <laughs> for 30 seconds. For 30 seconds. We're not going to count another 30 seconds. Let's start the show because I feel Let's like go. at some point people are going to be like, this is dumber than normal. 502 shows. That's where it ended. Man, you just never know. All right. Let's start the show. Let's uh, Can we start with uh, the actual, um, let's do the six month or, uh, yeah, review. Sure. Let's start there. Sure. Okay. So you got to go in three, two, one. This week on the Pete the Planner show, we answer your money questions. Here's how the show works. You email us askpete at petetheplanner.com. That's askpete at petetheplanner.com. And here's what happens. We might answer your question on the air. Sometimes we do. Last week we did. This week we're doing some other things. By we, I mean Damian Dunn, Vice President of Advice at Your Money Line. Hello, Dame. Good day, Pete. And me, Peter Dunn, ne'er-do-well. Uh, Dame, this week on the show, we're going to talk about our stock market predictions for 2023. We're six months in. Let's see how we're doing. We're also going to tackle financial advising titles and designations mm -hmm. and why they confuse everyone who's just simply trying to get help with their finances. And finally, we are going to talk about the Supreme Court's ruling on the Biden administration student loan forgiveness plan. All right, Dame, six months in, everyone knows here's how this works on the show at the beginning of the year. Uh, each of the hosts of this show select uh, what they believe to be the best stock of the year, the biggest loser of the year, and the S&P 500 uh, for the year. Yeah. And so the three hosts of the show are me, you, and Kristen, who's on vacation this week. So right now we're checking in best, worst, and S&P 500. Who is doing well and who is doing poorly uh, how, how do you want to do this, Dan? I'll put you in charge. Let's start with best. That's usually where we start, right? Yeah, yeah. We usually start with the uh, the winners, where we we pick what stocks we think are going to do best for the year. And we've had, uh, let's be charitable and say, varying results with our okay. choices. Well, I mean, so how bad is Kristen doing? Well, Kristen, she went out on a limb this okay. year. I, I'm going to be honest. She okay. chose Tesla to be her winner okay. for the year. Okay. Uh, Tesla is up, uh, give or take 121% for the year. So that's a good pick. Yeah, it's not bad. 
Not bad at all. All right. So that's a solid pick. Dame, how did you, how are you doing? What did you choose and what do you pick? So Kristen's up 121%. That's an amazing pick. By the way, have we said it yet? Don't follow uh, any yeah. of these predictions or recommendations. No. You are not to take action on any of these things within your own individual investing. This is for entertainment purposes only. Dame, what's your choice and how are you doing? I went a little bit more conservative. Of course, last year I made the very controversial pick of Brookshire Hathaway as my winner uh, when it was just uh, you and I, uh, it worked out pretty well for me. This year I went with very conservative choice, Apple. I chose Apple as my winner for the year. I got to say, Pete, it's doing really, really well. It pales in comparison to Kristen's pick of Tesla, but Apple so far this year is up 47%. I did see it just cracked over $3 trillion of market yeah. capitalization this past Friday. So that's compelling. Congrats to you for that. And and what did I choose as the best? This is personal finance expert, world-renowned, uh, uh, oddly, truly still, oddly. Yeah, still, still on TV doing news hits. and This just, week. Yeah, people value your opinion in all things personal finance. Last year, you went uh, with... Uh, do we need to review last year? No, not year last year. We want to Are do this sure? year. We're talking about this year. Okay. Uh, Cushman Wakefield, for those of you playing at home last year. This year... This year. This year, Pete went with Bank of America. Okay. We're six months in. It's a long year. We got six months to go. Six months. Uh, big banking. Uh, you know, Very stable. Great dividends. Uh, this year, Bank of America is down 13.09%. You know what? We have six months left. Don't look to wait. I was going to say, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. That's the wrong saying. What am mm -hmm. I going with? Don't count your chickens before they hatch. That is true. That is true. There could be a lot of headwinds, but you know, as we we've talked uh, in previous weeks, Tesla is diversifying, and the other automakers are, you know, adapting their cars to fit the supercharger network. So it seems like they're going to get some extra revenue there. Apple, of course, is just a behemoth and releasing new products, even if they're not necessarily all groundbreaking, but continues to put out a high quality product and revenue just keeps flowing in. And Bank of America, well, they're not Wells Fargo. Okay. Dame, biggest losers. What was Kristen's biggest loser pick? Kristen went with Rite Aid, one that I had never even considered, but she dug up somewhere because she pays attention or reads more better than I do. Who knows? Uh, she chose Rite Aid, okay. and it is down 54% for the year. Whew. Okay, yeah. so this is the biggest loser. She's down 54%. So here we're looking for the biggest negative. So as of, we've read one person's thing, she's at 54% negative. Yep. That's good. Yeah, it's great. it's great. What did you choose as the biggest loser of the year? I chose Xerox. Uh, they, they had some some issues internally. <laughs> the paper company. There. The paper company, you remember? Uh, <laughs> yes, Kristen's paper company. Uh, they are up 1.0%. So not, not negative. bad. But not great. So I, you know, Xerox is one of my loser or my loser pick. I, I feel confident that they can get into negative territory before the end of the year. If they keep working hard, yeah. And in a moment of spite, <laughs> I selected Tesla as my biggest loser of the year. And and what is it? What what are the returns so far? Up one hundred and twenty one percent. So I'm in last place. By a wide margin. Kristen's down 54% with her pick. You are up 121. Do I need to do the math on that spread? Let's go on to S&P 500. This is where I feel like I'm beating everyone. Okay, All the right. S&P 500 is, 
is what is up what 13 percent this year uh as of this last refresh in this spreadsheet that i have that tracks everything it says 15.1 percent 15.1 percent what was Kristen's selection for the year 13 percent okay so we've got still six months to go this has got a way to shake out but oh yeah absolutely yeah game what were you Two. Uh, I chose 2%. You were down 2%. So again, six months, it could shake out. And what did your, what did one of the world's foremost experts on money select? 19%. Okay. Okay. You got a shot. Uh, I have a now, shot. Would you rather win one category and be wildly last place on the other two? Or would you rather be second uh, in two of them and last in one? In a rare moment of sincerity, I would have to suggest that I don't pretend to know anything about individual <laughs> stocks. I really don't. And I don't no. care. And no. that's the fun of it. However, I feel as though I have a pretty good grip on what the general market is going to do. And so I do feel confident. Do you, do you feel not so good about your 2%? Uh, I, I anticipate being in last place uh, in this one specifically. Now, I, I do think there are some particular challenges that might face uh, the the economy and the markets between now and the end of the year, uh, additional rate increases, uh, that ever looming recession that we keep hearing about out there, if that ever starts to to, to rear its head. um, It's just a, a number of potential things that could slow it down, freeze it, maybe draw it back. Of course, we've got the, the normal pullbacks that we see in October uh, every year. I don't know. I Kristen's thirteen might be really, really good. I would take thirteen or uh, what's mine? Seventeen or 19? nineteen? Nineteen. Yeah, nineteen. I'll take them. Uh, all right, Dame. Let's do this. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, you and I, uh, illustrating the point of here, you and I and Kristen know a thing or two about money. Uh, yeah. Some of us even hold designations. And a lot of people in the financial world hold designations, they hold different titles, and we take our guidance and advice from them. But in the next segment, we're going to explore why sometimes those titles, sometimes those designations create so much more confusion than they lend to helping us make good decisions. You've heard the titles before, CFP. C-L-U, uh, C-H-F-C, C-I-C, C-I-M-A. You've got investment advisors. You've got financial advisors. You've got investment uh, consultants. You have financial planners. It's absolute word salad and alphabet soup. So when we come back, we're going to do our best to shed some light on some of the differences between the different designations and some of the differences between the different titles. All of that is next right here on the Pete the Planner Show. I'm Pete the Planner. For those playing at home, that was a one-minute outro. That was, ama- that was amazing. That was that, amazing. I saw you start winding up, and I thought, wow, this is either going to go fantastically or it's going to be one for uh, uh, Kristen to clip when she comes back. All right. So no ruling from the Supreme Court so far on... Yet. Yet on the student loan thing. So what we're going to do is we're going to do the next segment and you got to, I mean, we got to buy a little bit of time here because by the time we get to the third segment, that is our topic. Yeah. It could just be a a whole segment of us just watching our screens. That'd be really exciting. 
You know, it's weird because as I think about what's about to happen with the ruling from the Supreme Court, because we do this for a living, I've not spent an ounce of time trying to think about what my opinion is as to what should happen. I'm only consumed with what does happen because it impacts us and our business one way or the other. Like it, we're not good or bad as an organization if the forgiveness is upheld or, 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 you know, kicked back. Like it doesn't impact us that way, but it does impact how we give guidance mm -hmm. and how we serve the hundreds of thousands of people we serve. So it is a really, I don't know. It feels like a very big day, you know? And thinking of you know, that comment about really not thinking about what should happen in our own perspectives is interesting. And I, I would argue that you're the only person in our organization that has uh, an opinion that matters because you're the one that's out, uh, you know, representing us on, you know, news shows and, and whatever, but you know, whatever I think it doesn't matter. It's I've, I've learned to kind of set what I think aside for a number of things when we're directly helping people. We just deal with the facts of the matters, not coulda, woulda, shoulda, or what we think should, should be reality or what's fair and just, but here's the reality of the situation. Here's how we can, uh, apply, you know, the facts of the matter to your situation and help you get from point A to point B. I, yeah, I, I agree with that in the sense that I am more public, but over the years, I've really pulled back on my opinion as to what should happen and really focused my opinion on the ramifications of what is happening, mm -hmm. uh, which is, which is nuanced. <laughs> And I, it's also how, frankly, I avoid hot takes, like actual hot takes. We do hot takes on this podcast all the time for entertainment purposes. But but actual in the media, on serious news broadcasts, like I'm not looking to like gain people on my side. Like I'm not looking mm -hmm. for fans to be like, I agree with him. Like I don't care about that actually anymore. I At some point I did. Now I want to know like what is a business owner to do? Not me, but what what is a business owner to do when – they employ some of the 40 million Americans that have student loans and how will this, how, mm -hmm. how will this impact them? Like, that's what I care about. I think I caught you at the very end of that period of your life where you were really concerned or where you, where you were interested in generating as many followers as possible or, you know, trying to have that public persona. And maybe, maybe it was me, maybe it was my uh, uh, effect <laughs> on you of saying, you know what? No. Uh, just just pull back but uh. it is weird uh being a part of the news media and the people i in, in the news media that i i really appreciate the most are the people that react to the news react to to legislation or, or court rulings about the impact as opposed to what they think should have happened mm -hmm. like i i really because i have an opinion what i think should mm -hmm. happen I just don't think anyone gives a rip like that. That's the self-awareness that I appreciate in others. It's just like, Damon, you and I, on a lot of these issues that have come out this week, you and I either agree or disagree, but as it relates to how we serve people, mm -hmm. we're just really sort of more focused on like, how do we advise the employers of which employ us to help their people? Yeah. I don't know. Well, I feel like I'm tooting our own horns. I don't mean to do that. I'm just trying to 
because I know what it's good. It's an emotional day already based on the rulings that are out there. And I certainly have feelings about the ruling that's out there. I just, this show is not about that, you know? I think that's one of the things that a lot of people appreciate is that we just defend, eh, maybe not just the facts, man, but uh, we, we play it pretty straight. This show is not about opinions. This show is about comedy. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I remember some of my favorite reviews early in the show of the 852 episodes uh, were like, quit trying to be funny and just teach us stuff. And it's like, well, you know, that's not really what I want to do. You know, listen to something else. Okay. Who cares? Uh, let's do financial uh, titles and whatnot. In three, two, one back on the Pete, the planner show Dame, I've had several business cards over the course of my <laughs> career starting. I think my first business card, I got to think about this probably in 1999, the summer of 99, I was a college agent was my title, a college agent for Northwestern mm-hmm. mutual insurance company. I, sold life insurance as a college kid. Then staying in the financial business beyond that, my title changed. It seemed like every six months yet oddly Dame, (laughs) my job didn't change at all. So my title kept changing. What I did for a living didn't really change until it did probably we'll, we'll say 2012 when I sold my investment practice, I would say my job permanently changed and now it is rather permanently changed. As, as simply just CEO of a financial company, right? Mm-hmm. But then the financial industry really, really struggles, arguably on purpose, to help people understand what professionals within the financial industry do for a living. Do you find, and we're going to get into the specifics of this, but do you find this to be a disingenuous action on behalf of the financial industry, or do you think it's just a byproduct of different standards? It's a really great question. I I think there are some uh, bad actors, bad agents inside of the financial industry and uh, whatever, (laughs) whatever leverage they can get to seem more, sophisticated professional valuable to the the client they're going to take it and so if, if they can structure uh, present themselves in a certain way and have a backup with a title on a business card uh that that, that says this is who i am they're going to play that and I, I you know there's there's been a, a huge discussion in the financial industry over the last few years about um making sure that the Clients' interests are first and foremost across the board for for everything, and a lot of industries don't have nearly that tight of regulations around that. And there are people who can take advantage of clients. Let's think about people who give advice in other industries, and the standard of which we look through that lens. So let's say we start with medicine. Okay. okay. And MD mm-hmm. can can we say is the gold standard with maybe a DO, an osteopath, potent I don't want to say call them second fiddle. I'm just going more with influence and 
commonality. Would, would you agree with that? Beat it up if you have to. Um, I, I would say it depends on what I am seeing the the healthcare provider for. Okay. I mean, if, I, if, I, if I've got some sniffles, uh, do I necessarily care if it's um, a, a doctor, a DO, a nurse practitioner? I no, I, I don't. I you know I I'm pretty sure they can take care of the needs that I have in those cases. But if we're, if we're talking about, you know, higher level things, yeah, I doctors or DOs, I think MD or DO is the, the top tier in the medical profession. And the, the strange thing, and we've argued this on the show before an EMT, I'm sure there's designations for an emergency medical technician that in certain medical situations, you most probably want to see instead of uh, a surgeon who doesn't deal with yeah. with that issue okay so so that's that's one lens how about in the law profession and that that mm -hmm. one seems pretty pretty standard you either pass the bar mm -hmm. or you don't would, would you agree with that yeah i you know you can graduate with a jd and still be you know very knowledgeable about law but if you're going to go out and actual actually practice it uh, in in front of a, a court yeah you gotta have that uh, you know pass that test get into the the bar of that state and from a tax standpoint, now this is tax standpoint's pretty interesting here mm -hmm. because there's a CPA, mm -hmm. but in terms of tax preparation for the common man or woman, you don't necessarily need the expertise of a CPA. And in some instances, you can use tax preparation software depending on the simplicity of your financial life. But Dame, CPA is the gold standard, but, but you know this very well. There is another designation within that world that doesn't really impact any of us. And what is yeah. that? EA, uh, enrolled agent. That's actually a, a designation, a certification that you can get directly uh, that's oversight, uh, overseen, I should say, by the IRS and gives that individual the ability to represent you in front of the IRS uh, should your, <laughs> your return need a little bit of uh, defending. Uh, so you don't have to be a CPA in order to be able to know how to prepare a tax return very, very well. Enrolled agents are, are pretty darn qualified to do that. Okay. So these are major industries, major service professionals that have pretty, you know, uh, distinguished standards. Mm -hmm. And now on to people's financial lives. <laughs> Dame, it's a, it's a mess. Um, I was a personal financial representative for a long time. I was a financial planner. I was a personal financial agent. I was an agent. I was an investment advisor. I was a financial advisor. I was a financial. My job never changed ever. It just all the titles around it changed. And I, I, I don't have any designations. I, I, so people always wonder, uh, how do you know all this? Do you have a bunch of designations? I don't. I, I don't. I took several CFP courses. I did not sit for the exam. You happen to have a certified financial planner designation, which I view to be probably the gold standard of our industry. And Yeah. I, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. I don't. I don't disagree. I, I think the the CFP has done a nice job of positioning itself as the the gold standard in the financial planning industry. That doesn't mean there aren't value to be found in other designations, especially for specific situations. But that's part of the problem: is that there are a million different designations. Uh, one that we have uh, you know known and, and 
appreciate deeply are accredited financial counselors, AFCs. And if you're looking for somebody to try and help you get through the day-to-day struggles of your financial life and try and get some consistency and stability there, an AFC is perfectly situated for that, but it's not anywhere close to being nearly as well-known as what a CFP is. And then you go into this alphabet soup of other designations. I mean, we could play a guessing game for the next three minutes on I read the letters and you try and tell me what they stand for. And, and it'd probably be pretty funny, but also depressing and very enlightening at the same time, just to say that as people who are in the financial industry, even we don't know what all the designations necessarily mean. I think what's so hard about this, Dame, is that most of these alphabet soup that get put behind names, you have to get a level of education around them, right? It is a, it are courses and certifications, mm-hmm. But it's as much of a marketing exercise as anything else, and it is 100% pay-to-play, right? Yes, you have to pass courses, but it is pay-to-play. And I mean, yes, you could argue an MD is pay-to-play. Yes, you can argue a CPA is pay-to-play, but not nearly in the way not nearly in the way as financial designations are. Yeah, I if I'm <clears throat> if I'm looking at somebody to help me with <clears throat> my finances, I'm, I'm How about at- I I will let you clear your throat and hit Thanks. me for a second as I step in because here's an important element to this. Dame has a CFP. Uh, Dame happens to share his life uh, with a, a CPA. Uh, and so uh, do you view those dissimilar that like the other ones are not pay to play like it is in the financial world? Yeah, th- those are two of the most difficult to get. CFP uh, is is a just a backbreaking test. CPA is uh, not only a, a bachelor's degree, but additional uh, coursework on top of that, and then a very rigorous test uh, to go from there. And then we've got pretty high standards for CE beyond that. So if I'm looking for somebody to help me with my financial life, and I want the the top tier to have a very broad understanding of financial lives in general, CFP, CPA. And then if you want to really just kind of get into it, uh, an estate attorney. So we've shed light on this issue and we're going to have to cover the ramifications of it all more here in a bit. So let's take a break. Coming up after the break, we're going to touch on the Supreme Court's decision around student loan forgiveness. That's next. I'm Pete the Planner. We blew that. That's on me. Um, Time-wise. It's so funny to even set. That could be a whole show. It just occurred to me. You know, yeah, oh yeah, because we really didn't make a point other than to say <laughs> it's confusing. <laughs> it, it's it's silly. It is silly. I, I I just remember. So I worked for early on a couple very large companies, and just at the corporate level at the headquarters, they decided they wanted to be called one thing, call us one thing versus another thing, and so then, <clears throat> arguably, millions of dollars of stationery was scrapped. And millions of dollars of stationery was purchased just so you would change like a word and nothing else changed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, I do. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's a, it's a struggling, uh, it's frustrating, I should say, scenario for, I mean, even other professionals in, in the in the industry because you we look at it and the, the designations themselves, to your point, they don't mean a whole lot because it, you, you need to know that person uh, that's actually doing the, the servicing and what their experience is, what their competency level is, and how they apply it with their uh, with their clients to know if they're really worth anything at all. 
I think I have a pretty firm opinion on what I'm about to say, and I'm, but I'm also before I levy it, I'm I'm thinking, do I need to hedge it all? Because <laughs> I, I don't mind making people upset, but if I'm working with a professional that is advising me about my assets mm. and assets that are being invested. Okay. So I'm not talking about my home, but I'm talking about an IRA in any, any capacity and an mm-hmm. individual retirement account, a, a chunk of money that you want to grow. If they, if you cannot find them on broker check, mm-hmm. if they are not, uh, registered with FINRA, I would have a pretty big problem with that. Is that too spicy or is that accurate? Who am I missing here? Um, I mean, I, th- I think there's, I don't think RIAs are necessarily all uh, listed on broker check, but I think they are. I, I, can, are I mean, they? can be wrong. Like I love I mean, I, Yeah, I need to be wrong, but yeah, I don't know. I've, it's been a while since I've been in that game, so I'm I'm not entirely sure. I guess I could look myself up and see if I was listed uh, when I'm my own. But you were, that, was I? Yeah. Huh. See, somebody did some research. Yeah. So I think it's more of like when I have no problem with insurance professionals. In fact, I, I really appreciate insurance professionals, but they can often uh, let me recast that can sometimes cross over into this. Uh, uh, first student loan case, Department of Education versus Brown. That's not the one, is it, Dame? No. Uh, sorry, I'm, I was checking myself out. <laughs> um, I didn't even know you had a mirror in the studio. Uh, I think sometimes that insurance professional can cross over to advising on a bunch of other assets, and I find that to be a problem. Wait, no standing? That's not it. Okay. <laughs> in real time, if you're listening to the podcast, uh, we are still monitoring the student loan forgiveness situation. What is Department of Education versus Brown? What is that? Uh, oh, wait, it is. What? It, that is the one. Are you serious? Yeah. To alleviate so wait. Hardship, the the, 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 the uh, decision, the opinion says to alleviate hardship expected to be caused by the impending resumption of federal student loan repayments that have been suspended during the multi-year coronavirus pandemic. Uh, oh, wait, sorry. So wait, uh, is this wait it? Read. I think this is it. I'm the one chance that it had was no standing. No standing. And unanimous, no standing. Oh, there are two. Wait, hold on. Carrie says that's student loans. Carrie says there are two. Yeah, there All right, are Carrie. two. Yeah. Isn't it great when you've got experts like us distilling what this all means? Yeah. We have the second student loan case. The chief is the author. She many Christmas name. We probably should have figured out what we're doing before we went live to the air. Where's Kristen? Yeah, exactly. Come on, Kristen. Has she texted you yet? It's her day off. Uh, she texted me still waiting. When did she do that? Uh, like 15 minutes ago. The court holds that Missouri had the very least at the very least has standing. What does that mean? That's so come on, SCOTUS blog. You know, I know someone who went to law school. <laughs> That's <laughs> uh, the vote is six to three. Kagan dissents, joined by Sotomayor and Jackson. Okay, what does this mean, Dame? So that means the conservative block held together, and I have no idea what that means. <laughs> 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 
<sighs> and the show ended at 502 Two episodes. episodes. It means they can legally sue. All right, Carrie, you're confusing me too. I mean, this is how dumb I am. So here's what's happening. If you're on the podcast right now, you this is the worst part, Dame. Podcast <laughs> people already know. <laughs> they already know by the time they're listening to this, they're like, what a bunch of idiots. And and meanwhile, as a couple of idiots, I have no idea what just the happened. Court, the court agrees with the states that the Heroes Act does not authorize the debt forgiveness plan. Okay, so overturned. Struck down. Struck down. I think. Okay. <laughs> okay, so... Okay, this okay. I feel comfortable in this. Thank you, Carrie. Carrie, you're here's the thing. You're trying to help us out, and I'm too stupid to be helped. Like that's that's the thing. <sighs> to be clear, the court has struck down the Biden administration debt forgiveness. Thank program. you, Amy Howe. Thank Finally. you, Finally, blog. Okay, so this is what I thought would happen. But you were really nervous there for a second, weren't you? You know, okay, can we go a little inside baseball here that we're going to let people into? Yeah. My argument this morning to Damien off the air was if forgiveness happens, it will be more chaotic for us and our world and everyone than had it been struck down. Because the status quo is there's no forgiveness. So we're all used to not there. They're not being forgiveness. The who gets forgiven, who gets refunds would have been a nightmare. Whether I think it should have happened or not, irrelevant. This actually is less chaotic. For us. I mean, that, that's incredibly selfish. Incredibly no, well, no, I'm talking about myself. Yeah. And, and Jason brings up a really good point. He said he wasn't going to let the show go to a thousand episodes. We all thought it would get a little more than 502. <laughs> okay. So here's the question that Jeremy asks, and it, I have a very distilled answer. Is this when the recession starts? Um, this is the trigger, in my opinion, to what will be a recession, but it does not start until the fourth quarter because it's the next couple months of, of whether people prepare or not for what's going to happen. Dame disagrees. He leans back. He touches his ear, is, which is a sign that a woman is interested in you. Do you know that? Oh, it's her hair. If a woman touches her hair. Her hair. I think my, there might be an ear thing. I don't know. I, I read it in Cosmo when I was in middle school. Yeah. Uh, what, Dame, you disagree? Uh, I, if it goes through as... Um intended or as laid out yes payments will technically restart here uh, in a couple months but i think there's going to be an opportunity to go into a a forbearance for a year uh, so it could be a, a year from this fall before we really start to feel the the, the widespread effects on that's fair the economy that seems informed man we got to do more live scotus blog podcasts just pick a case a uh, case that we want to follow for uh you know giggles it just occurred to me how big of idiots we are we're having this discussion not on the radio right now <laughs> <laughs> what what are we doing we get to have it again all over again oh and of course kristen just hits the slack channel with the details of this so she's so here's what's happened you and i have just wasted our own time not being on the radio 
And Kristen takes action amongst our entire organization and hits everyone on Slack while you and I are just verbally tickling each other on a podcast. Hey, you, you see, all I see is details to come. Uh, she actually put something in there? Yeah, on the in the general Slack. It's a, literally, she's, it just says details to come if applicable. Yeah, but she said no student loan forgiveness. She actually shared information with our colleagues. Yeah. I thought you said there were details there, but okay. Maybe I missed a, a few merp replies coming. Okay, let's. Okay, <laughs> listen. We've got to go on the air right now. And by on okay. the air, I mean we have to record something that will not air for 48 hours. Okay. What the heck? Does our show air earlier? Like on. <laughs> It, it, it does air. Saturday it the- airs early Saturday morning, like a six a.m. slot <laughs> in a couple places where you know people are listening. <laughs> you know who loves financial advice at six a.m. on a Saturday? Nobody. No, <laughs> you're driving to get donuts. Like I'm going to surprise my family, and then <laughs> and then it's like, well, you know, listen to the Pete the Planner show, and you're just like you trying to wreck wreck your truck because you just can't take it anymore. Yeah. It's, it's unfortunately it's the the farmer who's got an old truck with an AM radio that that doesn't turn off of one station anymore and it's just the one that we're on. And if he's driving, he can't even turn it off. He has to listen to us. Dame, this was a big week for the flashlighted community in Central Indiana. A uh, lot of power out, and you were getting shout outs left and right on the company Slack about your insistence on pocket illumination can you shine that into the camera and let me see if it blinds oh it really did oh my god it really blinded me that was like i was watching a professional welder and a craftsman do it again that was crazy i don't i don't value my eyesight do it again that's crazy holy cow look i'm gonna do my um I'm going to do the light be, on my... You'll be shocked, although this one diffuses way more. Wait, it doesn't have the throw. Does that so do anything? It, not really. You, These are, I don't know why I'm growling. <laughs> does that help with illumination? <laughs> it scares away the, the meanies in the dark that you're using your light for. Three, two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner show. Dame, this week, in a landmark decision... The Supreme Court ruled. I'm sorry, I can't be that serious. <laughs> Dame, uh, the Supreme Court said President Biden's student loan forgiveness plan that was part of the HEROES Act is no bueno, which is Spanish for no good. So therefore, all of the student loan forgiveness as it relates to this action is not going to happen. Thoughts? I'm glad you hedged that because I, I think there's a very high likelihood that we try and see another attempt at student loan forgiveness uh, using, a, I think it was an education act of some sort, or maybe they try and get a little creative in a couple other spaces. But I don't think this is the last time we deal with this. I really think there's going to be another push, and I don't know what it's going to entail or what it's going to look like or what the amounts are going to be, but we haven't heard the last of student loan forgiveness. But that being said, now... Now we need to start preparing. Uh, if you've got student loans, the clock is ticking and you need to start getting your finances in order to assume those back into your life. When we have this discussion, Sands, our student loan expert, Kristen, who's off mm. this week, 
Just great foolish. timing. Great job, everybody. Uh, Dame, it is important that that uh, as people are listening, they understand that we are not weighing in on what we think should happen because mm. we are not experts at that. We are talking about what we think will happen and what we also talking about the impact of those things happening. And so the current impact of what has just happened is that student loan payments, uh, the clock is ticking, as you said, in October, payments are due. And that is going to be incredibly disruptive in several different people's lives and specifically in some very stressful industries, you're, you're going to see some challenges. Uh, I think you're going to see K through 12 schools uh, have further struggles with teacher retention as young teachers who have never paid a student loan payment because they graduated for in March of 20 or pardon me, May of 2020 and payments got shut down in March of 2020 have created their entire life for three years. They've rented an apartment they have a car, they've set their food budget, they've got their Hulu subscriptions, and now they're going to jam a three, $400 payment into that in retrospect. You're going to see people leave teaching and go to a higher paid profession, which is a massive, massive problem. And you're also going to see healthcare struggle as people are going to be bouncing around healthcare systems for higher wages, which in itself is not a bad thing, but it's going to become so disruptive because people will not have the proper cash flow strategy to, to deal with this. So that's what I think is on the horizon is I think you're going to have industries that struggle with retention are, are going to, are going to, that's employee retention, right? The other way to say that is turnover. I think they're in trouble. I think it- you have some merit to that argument. There are some really big benefits to staying in those professions, though. I think of K to K through twelve specifically. Are they paid the greatest? Um, especially if you're new. No, no, you're not. Uh, but your get out of debt card is much, much bigger if you stay in that K to twelve profession. So if if you are in that industry right now, which sounds sick for me to use K through twelve as an industry, I probably yeah, should have chose a, a different uh, different term. <clears throat> if you're in that profession right now, don't abandon it. Please talk to somebody who can maybe help you figure out how to fit that payment into your budget on a month to month basis because you have PSLF available to you. If you ignore that or you go outside of that and you get on a payment plan, you're going to stretch those out. Instead of being done in 10 years or 120 payments, you might drag that on for years and years and years extra. As to what is next and as to what has happened in the last 10 months, we live stream, by the way, this show and one of our live stream viewers, Todd, notes, so if there are talks of another attempt at forgiveness, won't this only hurt student loan holders as they may only make minimum payments in hopes of it eventually getting forgiven? I would argue, for it's not really about minimum payments, it's, it's more about people holding out hope that forgiveness is somehow around the quarter in a different angle. I 100% believe the Biden administration will not abandon this. They will come at it at a completely different angle. It will, for for better or worse, be politicized because of the elections coming up. Mm-hmm. This is actually going to get worse. And it will actually make things worse for people who have student loans. Because if you're holding on to hope 
as a financial strategy around student loan forgiveness, you're going to be disappointed because there's a 0% chance, in my opinion, that this just doesn't get uh, classified as politics due to the election. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, I don't think there's going to be any movement going forward. And even if there is, it would go right back to the court. And and we've already seen how they've, they've ruled on this. Yeah, we've already seen, or at least I've seen, I know you don't spend nearly as much time on social media as you used to, and I'm sure you're a better person for that, Pete. Yeah. But in social media yesterday, I've I've been on it more than I have in quite a while just because of all the, the things that are going on. And there are already plenty of folks, and I know social media is not real life in you know, when it comes down to it, but many opinions out there say tying, you know, elections have consequences. And if we can get this taken care of and, you know, this party does this or that party does that we can get that result that we really want and that could be literally decades away to get to there and so at some point it may be tough it may be a struggle it may be a challenge but you have to stop relying on hope as your primary strategy on how to get over this challenge and and this is where you know you and i've been saying at least for as it relates to us being financial experts and trying to discuss this topic we've said you and i are keeping we're trying our best and maybe we aren't but we're trying our best to keep what we think should happen out of Mm -hmm. this discussion and really revolving around what is happening dame i think uh, as a society people are struggling to keep what they think should happen out of how to react to what is happening Mm -hmm. you know like i i I think Mm -hmm. people had rose-tinted glasses the last 10 months as it related to this legislation and did not put a plan in place to to begin repayment and it has hurt them because of what they think should happen i don't disagree one bit i i think there are a number of folks who would have been much better off all if you found yourself in that position you would have been much better off trying to figure out how to carve 50 bucks a month, whatever, and then another 50 on top of that, trying to get your budget in place over that 10-month period so you could just slow walk it to the point where you thought your payments were going to be once they start back up and not have that anxiety and that crushing sense of, of uh, despair when when they start back up and you don't have an answer for that. So yes, that's a coulda, woulda, shoulda. Uh, but now people are going to have to do the hard work of figuring out where that money is going to come from and how they're going to satisfy this obligation. Yes. Uh, I don't want to say strange week with Supreme court rulings because that, that seems judgmental dynamic week, right? It has certainly been an impactful week um, to people's financial lives. And I think as it relates to people's financial lives, this ruling that happened in regards to, student loan forgiveness might be the most impactful thing from a financial perspective. Uh, All right. So Dame, let's do this. We're going to take a break. uh, And when we do come back after the break, we're going to do a couple things. Biggest waste of money of the week. And it is such a waste of money that several people have sent it to me. You've likely seen it. Several people have sent it to me this week as like, this has to be the bomb. And it is the bomb. And you've likely, I hope you haven't seen it because it sort of blows everything away. Uh, And then, believe it or not, in what was a pretty spicy news week as it stands in the financial world anyway, we do have more news items. Ours are probably a little more trivial and a little Mm. more giggly than what you've seen the rest of the week. 
But all that is next. By the way, it is a 4th of July extended weekend uh, for uh, those people out here in this world. So uh, happy Independence Day uh, for all those that celebrate it. And by all those that celebrate it, I mean, well, frankly, Americans. <laughs> because <laughs> it's just July 4th in Spain. All right. Coming up, Pete the Planner Show. Boom, the news. That's next. I'm Pete the Planner. That time I went for another minute outro. Less appealing that's appealing. Was still solid it was okay still solid it got a little repetitive that's what happened. i i see i think i know what you're gonna show and if you don't i'm gonna be disappointed that i didn't send you what i saw is it is it handbag related yes okay yeah. yes okay. everyone in the world has said this to me this week um actually let me try to think of the first person that sent it to me it was one of our I don't really get on Twitter much, but I got on my desktop and it's a nice young woman who sent it to me from there. I can't remember her name and I'm sorry. Uh, you know what? Now I got to look. <laughs> I don't want to look. I don't know. I'm sorry. Thank you for sending it. I just, you know, I'm dealing with SCOTUS blog. I'm on the SCOTUS blog. Yeah. You know, I, I say the, this next comment, I don't want to say it on the air. I'd, I'll say it on the podcast and I want to say it sort of carefully because I don't want it to feel, I don't want anyone to feel marginalized. There's a particular demographic or a few different demographics that have exposure to so many of these rulings this week that, man, that's got to be a lot to deal with. You know, I, I say that out of respect and, and it's because I know people line up on different sides of these issues, different. <laughs> so these issues affect different people, but man, I, I just, I feel bad no matter what my opinions are. I, I feel really bad. There are certain people this week that just, it feels like literally every single ruling went against their interests and that that's gotta be tough to deal with. Right. I can understand that. Yeah. Absent of whatever I think that's gotta, that's gotta be no good. I don't know. Is acknowledging that helpful or is acknowledging that not helpful? Who knows? Okay. Man. The the thing about this Blom is it's it's even hard to set up. It's so stupid. Yeah. Um, but let's do it anyway. I got a meeting. I got to go. Uh, all right. Sorry, Jeremiah. But it's a special Skeletal's blog. All right. Let's start the show in three, two, one. This week's biggest waste of money of the week right here on the Pete the Planner show is is I'm trying to I'm trying to oh is the Louis Vuitton micro purse. That's right. It's smaller than a grain of salt. Narrow enough to pass through the eye of a needle. This is a purse so small that you'll need a microscope to see it. There are big handbags. There are normal handbags and small handbags, but this is the final word in handbag miniaturization. As a once functional object like a handbag becomes smaller and smaller, its object status becomes steadily more abstracted until it's purely a brand signifier. Louis Vuitton at auction in conjunction with Mischief, which is uh, a, a, some sort of brand with <laughs> the vowels stripped out of it. Yes. Have produced the size of a grain of salt, a, a handbag, a detailed handbag. Mm -hmm. Dame, it sold at auction this week 
for $63,000. It is not functional. No. You can you can lose it with a sneeze. $63,000. Dame, I, I know this is not the general format of biggest waste of money of the week, but that that might qualify as the all-time biggest waste of money, no? I was trying to figure out what exactly, what do you do? I, do you give it some to someone to put on display? I mean, you can't just leave it in your house. There's no way you're ever going to keep tabs on it. Put it in a safe deposit box. I mean, essentially, you just forked over $63,000 for air because the, there's you can't even see detail on it. I will say, in the article I saw, they had a zoomed in picture from an, an electron microscope or some sort of microscope, and uh, there is a shocking amount of detail on the bag. But is it a bag if there's no opening? There's no opening. It's it's a piece of plastic. There's uh, literally no opening. No, I, I I don't get it. I think if you bought it, it's just basically your scarlet S for stupidity <laughs> that you'll have to wear for the rest of your life. Do you think? Uh, I I don't think Louis had anything to do with it. I think it was just a, a creation that was done. Do you think they're happy about this? Of course they are, because it, it brings a steam to their brand. Is but it isn't a steam? It a that is that is that what we're representing here? Reflecting is a steam. <laughs> Dan's on our live stream. Might have the best joke of the year. <laughs> it's to hold your bitcoins. <laughs> uh, that's amazing. Oh, by the way, uh, never mind. Okay, Dan, what's in the news this week? A nine-year-old from Snoop Dogg's Youth Football League has landed a six-figure name, image, and likeness deal with a sports agency, becoming the first person from the Youth League to do so at such a young age. Gali Wadud Jr.'s father, Gali Wadud Sr., shared the news with KTLA, describing his son as a standout nine-year-old athlete who excels in football, baseball, track, and karate. It's karate. Well, uh, sorry. I... It's kind of surreal, uh, Wadud Sr. said while describing the moment his son signed the deal in print with a Dixon Ticonderoga number two pencil. It's humbling and exciting for the agency to see his potential and want to manage him. Pete, nine years old, $100,000. Oh, it's six figures. Not even 100. I don't know. Six figures. What in the world could possibly warrant that kind of money? Here's the thing, Dave. You and I both have been nine years old. Yes. You and I have both coached nine-year-olds in youth yes. sports. Sometimes the margin of excellence holds. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, most frequently, it fades within two to three years. Yeah. Bodies change, hips widen, shoulders slump. Like, man... That is way too early. Now, if this was a story about an eighth grade high school receiver, okay, yeah, I get that. A third grader, though, a third grader, I, uh, I don't go into like this is the sign of the apocalypse, or you know, <laughs> look, hey, if if you can get that bag, <laughs> if yeah. you can get the money, and you can convince someone that you were someone that they want to associate with, on the surface, I have no problem with that. I would say to the people who invested that money, unless you're doing it for the attention of investing in a nine-year-old, that's a ridiculous investment. Do you think it even puts too much pressure on the kid, though, at that point? 
What are the chances? That's inter- interesting. Interesting. What do you What do you think this kid's a college athlete? What do you think the chances are? Well, I was a college athlete, so it's not that hard. Okay, that's fair. Okay, so uh, I I would say there's a pretty good chance the kid's a college athlete, but even then, okay. So let Let's. Uh, this is where I'm going to get out over my skis. Down at the University of Miami, there are twin women basketball players named the Cavender Twins. Do you know of the Cavender Twins? No. So they have one of the top five highest grossing NIL deals in mm-hmm. NCAA. And they're they're okay basketball players. Like they're they're I mean, they're better than you and me, right? The, yeah. the Dunn twins versus the Cavender twins, we would lose. But the, it's really their social influence, and I don't mean that in a negative way. They, they are influencers, and so they are providing value. They are successful because of the brand they've created. And so, Dame, does a person have to, for this young man to be considered successful, does he have to go pro, or does he have to just provide a living based on what has been created? And I would argue with the Cavender twins, and I believe, and I don't follow them that closely, I would believe they actually signed a WWE contract. Really? Um, I believe, and and, and that might have been speculation they were going to, maybe they didn't, I don't know, but they're leaving college basketball still with eligibility to take advantage of their popularity, which, hey, I'm I'm an old fuddy-duddy, but not that much of an old fuddy-duddy. That's fine because it actually led to something. But as a nine-year-old, will this kid, will this lead him to an influencer path if that is maybe the goal? I remember... uh a trip that you took with your family one year and you said that within the first couple minutes of being on the ground they're like i'm I'm just looking for the influencers that's what i want to be or yep. the, the youtube and i we both laughed and rolled our eyes we're like i can't believe that and every day it seems like it's getting closer and closer to a realistic option for not definitely not everybody but for some you know here's the weird maybe we're Maybe this is an off-the-air conversation. <laughs> what else is in the news? What else is in the news? Uh, competitive fishing is incredibly lucrative. But last week, a pro fishing crew lost out on winnings of more than $3 million, all because they reeled in a fish with a bite already taken out of its flesh. Officials uh, from oh, the annual Big Rock Blue Marlin Tournament disqualified the 619.4-pound blue marlin due to, quote, mutilation caused by a shark or other marine animal. Per NPR, had the fish qualified, the crew would have split a massive $2.7 million pot plus a $739,000 bonus for the first team to snag a marlin over 500 pounds. I have several notes here for you. First, the bird noises coming out of your studio today are insane. Really? Yes. Crystal wow. clear blue jay, I think. Second. Sorry. Uh, That's right we, there. Yeah, this is the second best fishing story of the year as we've got weights and fish is the best story <laughs> of the year. I saw, I saw a, 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 a picture of the bite mm. of this marlin. Oh, have you seen it? No, dude, completely unfair, man. Complete. Like it was really? a, all things considered a nibble. And how is that? Are, are they suggesting that the fish was somehow not able to fight its full power? Cause it had a nibble out of it. When in fact the, the shark, if you've ever gone deep sea fishing, the shark probably bit the Marlin at the boat. It is. Oh, it's terrible. I feel very bad. 
And those are my hot fishing takes for the week. Dame, when Kristen's back next week, we will probably talk more about student loan forgiveness, given that you and I just got to speculate for 40 minutes today because she's the expert and she's not here. So we'll do that next week. For everyone listening today, thank you. And we're sending you good vibes because good vibes are all that's in the budget. I'm Pete the Planner, and this is the Pete the Planner Show. Yeah, you got to see that picture. It's pretty, pretty, pretty wild. Pretty wild. Pretty wild. Wonder if crisp isn't working right now because no. there's no way you should be able to hear that. Okay, anybody uh, listening to the show still that has not abandoned ship, <laughs> can you hear Dame's bird sounds? The world will never know. Well, no, you turned on crisp now, didn't you? No, I didn't do it. Uh, oh, Andy hears the birds. Andy hears the birds. I wonder if right. Andy and I are just losing it. We hear the birds. Jeremy says yes, but not too loud. And well, he's got a pilot's ears. You know, that's the thing, though. He's just got like jet engines running through his ears at all yeah. time. Jason hears him. Angela all hears right. him. All right. I'll, I don't, I don't know. I'll try and figure something out. That makes me wonder how many other noises. Uh, yeah. Maybe you shouldn't have had chili last night. That's all I'll say. Yeah. Uh, Danza says she gets an occasional peep. That's how I feel on Easter these days. I'll just have one because they're so sweet. It is peaceful. It's like zippity doodah is sort of flying. Yeah. I, I don't know. Sorry, everybody, I, for the distraction. You know what's weird? You and I are about to leave our studios. Some of the biggest financial news to happen in decades just happen outside of our studios. And although we talked about it and experienced life together, I feel like I'm going to walk through that door. And I don't know what's on the other. I mean, I'm serious. Like, I don't know where the rest of my day is going to go. I don't have my email pulled up because I'm, I don't, I could have, I could be on the news the rest of the day is what I'm saying. Like, I, yeah. I don't know what's about to happen. I already know I have to write a couple things. So. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, I got to go, dude. Um, thanks, Dan. Thanks, Pete. Everybody else. Stay getting money.